This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Anyway, um, it's, it's uh, definitely an honor to speak for Bika Cholim. And how many years is Bika Cholim? 42. 42? Wow. Okay. And I know it's Lezech and Nishmas, Erwin Nathan, who actually, who actually started it. Should be talking about Bikshus. I want to talk tonight about Chesed. I know you've heard many speeches about Chesed. It's going to be a little bit, a little bit different. We know that in Svira, we start with the first day, Chesed Shabbat Chesed, and the last day is Malchus Shabbat Malchus. So we see that Chesed Shabbat Chesed is the foundation of Malchus Shabbat Malchus. Malchus Shabbat Malchus is the ultimate kingdom, royalty. And the way, the first step to get to royalty is, is through chesed. We're in Sphira. We're marching to Malchus Shiba Malchus. I want to talk about the Malchus of Klai Yisrael. Who was, who was Ema Malchus? It's a little bit of a machoi because it says that when Shlomo Melech woke up late, the morning that they were opening at the base of Migdash, it says that the Ema Malchus went into the room, he was always sleeping, whatever that means, it's a little hard to understand. And Shimamish gave him Makas. It says that she tied him to a pole, and she took off, I don't know, a belt or whatever it is, and she gave him Malkus, how could you get up late on the morning of the opening of the Beis HaMikdash? So some of Farshim say that the Ema Malkus that did that was his mother. But some of Farshim say, no, it was not his mother, it was Rus. And that Rus was still alive. And that she was the one, and she said to him, I suffered. I came from Moab. I became a Jew for this, that you should oversleep. So the aim of Malchus, according to some, was Rus. I want to talk about how do you become Ema Malchus? How do you become the father of Malchus? Boaz? David HaMelech, Yishai, Mashiach, came from the two of them. How does one become the great-grandmother of David HaMelech, or the great-grandfather of David HaMelech, and that from you should come Mashiach? It's very fascinating. It's not mine. It's mostly Rav Shem Listen carefully to what happened in the Gilad's verse. So we first need to understand who Boaz was. Boaz was the head, was the Gadol, was the Rav Moshe, the Rav Chaim, whoever, the Rebbe, depending where you're coming from. He was the head of the Dar. He was the Gadol Hadar, he was an older man, he was the Gadol Hadar, he was very wealthy, he sat on the Bezdin, the Gadol Hadar. He comes to his field, and anyone who's in business needs to listen to this very carefully. He comes to his field to see how the business is going. What does he say? He says to his workers, Hashem imachem. Hashem should be with you. They answer back, Hashem. Hashem should bench you. should be good bench. And they say, you should be good bench. He doesn't come in in the morning. Why are you late? 
How come when I asked you to be on my desk, it's not done yet? What's going on with this company? He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't come into class, and I've been a Rebbe for 38 years, and I'm Prashati because I didn't, I'm not Boaz, and we come into class, what do we say? Tie your shoe, take out your homework, put those potato chips away in your bag, tuck your shirt in, you look mamish like you're all messed, come on, put yourself together, right? Imagine if you're a Rebbe or a teacher, and you walk into your class and you say, Hashem Imachem. God should be with all you kids today. Imagine how that day would start. And the kids would turn to the Rebbe and say, Rebbe, you should be avenged. Imagine coming into your business in the morning and telling your workers, Hashem Imachem, God should be with all of you. And the workers turn to the boss and say, Boss, you should be avenged. Imagine you come home from work and you tell your wife, Hashem should be with you. Or you leave to work and you're like, I know you got to deal with my kids, our kids. God needs to be with you. (laughs) And she turns around to her husband and says, I know you're going to work and you have a meeting and whatever you're going through, you should be gebenched. You think that house won't have shalom bias? Boyaz comes to his workers and his opening statement is not what, where, who, inventory. Shem should be with you. When you treat a person correctly, when you are positive to someone, they will become back positive to you. I gave a class today. We had, I was at a Shabbaton in Connecticut. And part of the Shabbaton was after the rabbi. And his mother got up and said, what do you do with a kid who has chutzpah? Chutzpah, he says, to, he talks to his parents with, with chutzpah. I explained to her, I'm doing this for a very long time, that when someone is angry at you and they yell at you, they use a lot of energy. When you yell at someone and you're angry at someone, right, you, expect, you expel a lot of energy at that person. When you yell back, you give them back that energy. Then they yell back at you. But if you don't yell back, if you just macabre the yelling at you, and you just sit there, and you're like, you wait, and you talk quietly to that person, the person no longer has the energy to yell at you again. Most people, anyway. What you give to others is what you get back. When you meet people, you're positive, Hashem should be with you, you'll get back your Yavrach Hashem. It's a Neudik Apostle. Okay? So that's a Midah, very nice Midah. Does that make you the great-grandfather of the Melech? Does that make you that the Mashiach should come from you? It's nice, but we could all do that. Let's go weiter. So he sees Rus, and Rus is a Tznuah, Everyone's bending down to pick up the leg, and she's curtsying to pick up the leg. So he says to his worker, Who is this? Who's this girl? So this Nar, who works for him, not a Nar, he's a young man, says very negative. You want to know who she is? 
Nara Mayavia. She's a lowlife. She's from Moab. Our arch enemies, the most immoral nation in the world, 24,000 Jewish men died because of his nurse. She's a Moavia. Why is a Galahadar asking me about a Moavia? And you know, she came back in Nami Mistay Moav. She was the one that went with Nami. She married Nami's whatever. If they were Megaya, they weren't Megaya. Most professional, they weren't Megaya. Right? She was the Shiksa. And Nami's son married. He died. His father died. Everybody died. She, that's who she is. Riff Raff. A nobody. A Moavia. What do the Gadol Hadar say? What, what's the Gadol Hadar? I heard my daughter. I'll tell you like it, Don't go anywhere else. He says, and don't worry. I will make sure that none of my boys that work for me will touch you. Very strange. Why would he say that to her? Why would they touch her? Says the Medrash that the day before she was collecting wagets, and they said to her, "You're a guy. You're a Marvia. How dare you take the wagets and shikha that belong to the Jewish girls? You're a gaita." And the Medrash says they, they picked her up and they threw her over the fence, out of the field. You don't belong here. You can imagine they came after 120 years to Shemaim. They're like, by the way, you threw David Amalek's grandmother over the fence. <laughs> Wasn't a good thing. So he promised her, about Nigech, they won't touch you. I won't allow this to happen. But what's the big word? We're talking about Chesed tonight. We're talking about Chesed. We're talking about Bikr Chayla. What's the big word? The Gadol Hadar called a girl that was a Moavia, Biti. Not Balchuva, Biti, my daughter. Your daughter? The Galadar is calling this Nachria his daughter? BT, my daughter? What happens? It's my daughter. I'll tell you, don't go anywhere else. She fell on her face. She asked him, Why do I find favor in your eyes? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy. I'm not even Jewish. What does that mean? How did she know that she found favor in the Galadar's eyes? Because he called her BT. And she used the big word. She said, And I think this has a lot to do with Bikr Cholim. He She said, Why did I find favor in your eyes? Here's the biggest word in Kirov and everything in every relationship in a wife's relationship in a Rebbe's relationship in a husband's relationship Lahaki Rani why did you give me recognition? recognition is what every woman wants from her husband recognition is what every child wants from his parents recognition is what every student wants from his Rebbe and recognition is what every husband wants from his wife what does it mean to be much of chain in someone's eyes? Well, Haki Reini, why would the girl Hadar stop to call me Biti? She asked him. 
Why are you giving me recognition? So he answered her. He said the following. I heard everything that happened. You left your mother and father, the king and queen of Moab. And you came to a place that doesn't even know you. He said, I'm not focusing. I'm focusing on what you gave up. I know what you suffered. You left everything behind. You want to know why I'm giving you recognition? Because I'm focusing on what you gave up, on your suffering. Ah, that's what you're focusing on. Yishalem Hashem, Paulette, he says. He's always positive. He's always giving bachas. Hashem should pay you for what you did. You should get the schah, the full schah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That you came under his wing. So now she tells him how much pain she was in. I find favor in your eyes. For you have consoled me. What was she mourning? What, why did she need consolement? Because she felt when she came to Klai Yisrael that she was being treated like a Moavia, that she didn't belong, that she was not accepted. The reason that we have so many kids in the street, the reason that we have so many children off the derech that, I, that, I'm, that I'm dealing with, is why? Because the street accepts all. You may not be accepted in yeshiva, you may not be accepted in your home, but you step into that street, everybody loves you. They don't care how smart, how pretty, how rich. When you want to be a street kid, there's a place for you to sleep, there's a price to pay for it. But you're accepted. What's the whole gang mentality? Why are there gangs in California? Gangs all over the place? Because the answer is they accept you for who you are. Acceptance is the most important thing. So over here, she needed nechama. She said, you consoled me. Because I felt very unaccepted. Onward, every word is precious. You spoke to my heart. You called me your daughter. You spoke to my heart. Not to my head. You spoke to my heart. And she makes him a promise. And she says, I will never be just another girl. I will be a superstar. I will not be like one of your maidservants. You accepted me. You gave me recognition. You call me your daughter I'll pay you back for that I won't be just like anybody else recognition means that I recognize you from the crowd I give you recognition so automatically I'm saying you're not like everyone else so her mida connected mida coming back was I won't be like anyone else and she wasn't and she became Rus and she became the Aim Hamalchus Chesed is acceptance. Chesed is recognition. Chesed is treating every person like they're your own child. I said it tonight somewhere else, and I said it over Shabbos. We see this more than anywhere else, but yes, if that's 
Yosef HaTzadik's brothers came down to Mitzrayim and the Pasuk says that when they came down to Mitzrayim and he saw them he recognized them he recognized them because they looked pretty much the same they had beards when he left them he was 17, they were all older but it says that they did not recognize him and the Torah repeats it the, the Torah repeats it says he recognized them and then the Torah repeats he recognized them but they did not recognize him we all looked in yeshiva why did they recognize him why because when they saw him last time he was 17 years old he didn't have a beard now it was 22 years later he had a beard they didn't recognize him now you take a question on this the Chidah says that he looked exactly like his father exactly like his father you couldn't tell the difference between the two faces of Yaakov and Yosef Chidah brings down they were both the same Gilgal we're not going to get into that they looked exactly alike so now when the brothers came down and they're looking at Yosef with a beard they should have realized their father he looked exactly like Yaakov now he also had a beard so what do you mean he didn't recognize him? Because now he had a beard. Because he had a beard, he surely should have recognized him. For the time of saying, hey, why he can rule? And they didn't recognize him? How could that be? He recognized that. They didn't recognize him? They're looking at their father's face. He does everything he does. So why not? Why didn't they recognize him? So the Medrash says that when they thought of, they thought of their brother... When they came to Mitzrayim, they said, maybe he's in Mitzrayim. So they went through the streets of the red light district of Mitzrayim, the most immoral streets in Mitzrayim. And they figured if he's in Mitzrayim, that's where they're going to find him. When that's where you're looking for someone, then they could be sitting in front of you, you won't recognize him. If your expectations of this boy is that he's going to be in those streets, you could be looking at his face. It can't be that he's second to the king. I had a terrible story in my, in, with a girl that was in my school who Mamish was thrown out of school and turned her whole life around. And she got married and she threw him and she had a shit. Perfect life. She changed it around and she was in Glotmart in Flatbush and she met the principal who threw her out. When she was in 10th grade. Now she was already much older. And she doesn't have any... She's mama, She had no hakpade. She wasn't... She had no tightness to him, whatever it is. She was very excited to show him her little baby and that she straightened out. So she went over to the rabbi and she said, Rabbi, so-and-so, do you know who I am? He has thousands of girls that he's already had in his school. He said, I'm sorry, don't... I just have... You know, I, I'm not sure... I'm just going to make up a name. She goes, I'm Hani Goldberg. She says, which Hani Goldberg? You remember in 10th grade, I had a problem. You ended up, you know, Baruch Hashem. He looks at her and goes, you're not Hani. You're Leah. You're Hani's older sister. She goes, Rabbi, I know, I'm Hani. He says, it's impossible. She called me up. She was so tzibrochen. I said to her, you don't understand. If you're who you say you are, then he failed. Then he made the biggest mistake of his life. 
So he cannot be Makavel. In his head, when he threw you out, you're going to end up being in the street. You're going to end up, who knows, with a guy with somewhere in Oklahoma on a farm. Who knows? He had this whole picture of you. Now, you have this girl with a little baby from, looks great, looks wholesome, can't be. So we had to detox that whole situation, go to therapy for a while. So the brothers of Yosef said, we're looking for Yosef in all the wrong places. This cannot be him. We passed it on him already. We passed it in by Yah, We looked at him from afar, says the Pasuk. And we passed him, he's a Balchalaymais. Even though he was coming just to do a chesed, to find out how they were doing. They never gave him a chance to say what his mission was. Because when you look at a Jew from afar, and you decide, he must be coming to tell us another dream. Let's kill him. He wasn't coming to tell you another dream. He was coming to see how you were doing but they already made a decision on him. So now they're here in the tribe and they're looking at him and they don't recognize him. So listen to this chidah. Torah, when you learn Torah and you learn these things, there's nothing else in the world. Listen to this chidah. So the chidah says that when he revealed himself to his brothers in Pashas Vayigash, he says the following. I'm Yosef. Is my father still alive? So the Chidor asked, why did he ask that question? They kept telling him, if we don't bring back Benyamin, our father's going to die. You know, my father lost this one. Our father, he knew his father was alive. Yosef, the, Yosef didn't ask silly questions. He wasn't a silly person. Why did he ask this question? Is my father still alive? Chidor asked that question. And then it says a very interesting word. It says, they could not answer him. Why could they not answer him? Because they were in awe or scared from his face. The word mipanov is extra. It should say they couldn't answer him. Says the Chidah, after he said who he was, they looked at his face and they were, they said, how did we miss this? He looks like our father! They could not believe you're looking at the face of their father how they went through all this bringing Binyamin, taking Binyamin, hitting this and that. They said, oh my gosh. We're looking at Yaakov Avinu. How did we miss this the whole time? Says the Chidah, why did he say, because he was unbelievable. He learned schus on his brothers and he said to himself, these guys, are, these brothers are looking at me all the time. They don't recognize I look exactly like my father. Must be that my father died 17 years ago when, when, when I was lost. And they forgot how my father looks. So every time they look at me, they don't recognize me because they haven't seen Tati for 17 years. So he said, You don't recognize me? Is he still alive? Is that why you don't recognize me? Because you haven't seen him in so long? Says the Chidah. Chesed is acceptance. Chesed is not judging another Jew. Chesed is never seeing someone meirachoyk, seeing another Jew from afar. There's a store called Chapanash. I'm doing some advertising tonight, okay? There's a store called Chapanash in Flatbush. There's a lady that collects money for the last, I don't know, must be at least 10 years that she's sitting there. She used to sit outside. 
You know, when someone's sitting outside, you at your stores over here, and they're collecting tzedakah, you reach into your pants and or your purse, and if you got a quarter change or whatever it is, you pop a quarter in or whatever you pop in. If you feel like you're really righteous, you need something that day, you give them a dollar, whatever, right? So I always gave this lady a dollar. First of all, sometimes she would say to me, Rabbi Wallerstein, you lost weight, you look good. <laughs> I gave her two dollars. <laughs> One day, I usually come around 11 o'clock after I teach. One day we had off that Friday, whatever it is, I came to the store at like 9 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock. And there's a young girl, maybe 15, 16, and she's talking to this lady that I give the money to. And she's bringing her a tea. She's got a tea and a Danish from the pizza store across the street. And I see her give her that. So I asked her, do you do this because I'm not there in the morning? you do this every Friday? She says, yes. I said, like, why? Why don't you just give her a dollar? She said, I'll tell you the truth, Rabbi. I was once talking to her, and I asked her if she had something to eat, and she told me that she won't leave her chair where she sits because if she goes across the street to buy food, five or six customers are going to leave, and she's going to miss them. She's not going to get the money. So on Friday, she sits a whole day and fasts. She sits outside the store, and her, her mentality is poor. If I'm going to get up and get something, I'm not going to ask anyone to get anything for me. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to lose a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. I'd rather sit here and fast. So she said, when I heard that, I was like, huh. So I bring her food. I buy her the food. Instead of giving her the money, because she's not going to get out of the chair, I buy her the food. And here I am, Rabbi Wallace, in all my speeches. And I'm like, this girl has what's called the second look. This Vayar by Abraham Avinu, right? Vahini needs of Allah. In the same part, it says, Vayar, Vayar When you want to do chesed, you want to be able to run to greet the other person, you got to look twice. The first Vayar is, Hine needs You see, you see the person, you give a dollar. The second Vayar is one second. This person's not eating. She's putting money in her cup, but she's not, you don't have no coffee, there's no cake next to her, there's nothing next to her. So I said to myself, look at this girl. She had the second look. I totally missed it. That's when you do chesed. When you do chesed, it's not just putting a dollar because you see, you have to understand something. When you see a cup, you put a dollar in the cup but you don't realize that the cup is connected to a hand. And the hand is connected to a person. So you're not looking at a cup. You're looking at a person. When you're looking at a person, not a cup, it's not about the dollar. It's about the person. Did you eat? Did you drink? Did you have a place to sleep? The second look. The first look sees the cup. The first look sees the pushka. The first look sees the paper that he, from Queens, from the rabbis, that he's collecting with a paper. Not about a paper. The paper is connected to someone. You're collecting a whole morning. Did you eat anything yet? Maybe you want to rest a little bit? That's chesed. Chesed is the second look. The mistake that the brothers made is that when they looked at Yosef, it was the first look. And the Torah says, Behem they would have taken a second look, they would have realized that they're looking at their father. So I want to tell you, probably, I think personally, one of the greatest stories ever that I ever heard in Chesed, and I happen to know that the story is true, and I'll tell you at the end how I know the story is true. By the way, one of the other midos, just very important, one of the other midos of becoming Aim HaMalchus and becoming the of of the Malchus is that when, if you look at Megillah's Rus, when she came back to Naomi after 
she went to the silo where Boaz was. She said to Naomi that I told him everything. He said, there's a girl, there's a girl that's closer than me. And we'll see what happens. So, you know, we do this when it comes to Chesed. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to visit people in the hospital. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get to it. Right? He was different. Naomi tells Ruth, this is big in everything. Naomi tells Ruth, listen to me carefully. Sit here. And I said, take an egg, keep on a double until we find out what happens. Here it is. Kilo Yishko Ha'ish, the man will not rest. Ki in Kilo Hadavra until this is finished. Hayom, today. A person who does Chesed doesn't say, I'll do it tomorrow, next week. Give me an envelope, I'll send it next month. A person who does Chesed, the aim and of of Malchus, where Chesed supposed to lead you, Naomi said, I know this man. He will not rest until the deed is done. Tomorrow it's going to be done. A lot of us do Chesed in our head. A lot of us are Tul and Shalraish. But you first put on your Tul and Shalyad. Because it's the Misa, not the Mashava. Listen to this story, we'll end with this. It is a true story about a gentleman. We're going to give them a name. His name was Mr. Lefkowitz, not the Lefkowitz that was in nursing home. Even though the story has to do with nursing home. Mr. Lefkowitz was in a nursing home. He had lost his feet never to diabetes. He was in a wheelchair. And in this nursing home, every single room had two beds. Lefkowitz was very wealthy. He had his own room, and he paid for both beds, but only him alone was in that room. The whole nursing home, two guys in a room, Lefkowitz's room, only him. One day, the owner of the nursing home comes to him and says, Mr. Lefkowitz, we need a favor. There's a guy, Mr. Friedman, who wants to come to our nursing home. We don't have an empty bed. We don't have a vacant bed. But we're going to have a vacancy in 30 days. There's someone we're moving out, sending him to Florida. But we need to take him in now. Can he stay in your room for 30 days? Lefkowitz was a good schmuck, a good guy. He says, okay, but don't, don't know shtick. After 30 days, out. 100%, we know, we have the other ones moving, we have all the papers signed. Okay, fine. So, they wheel this Mr. Friedman into Lefkowitz's room. They put him on the bed. Lefkowitz gets into his wheelchair. He's a very, he was an artist. Very besimchadika person. Gets into his wheelchair rolls over to Friedman's bed. Mr. Friedman, my name is Mr. Lefkowitz. Welcome to my castle. Friedman is the most miserable old man you ever met in your life. Bitter. Miserable. I don't care what your name is. Get to your side of the room. This is my side of the room. And leave me alone. Lefkowitz says, uh, uh, time out here. Mr. Friedman, this is my room. You're my guest. If you're going to act like that, I'm telling you right now, this is not going to work. I don't need this to work. I don't want to be here. My children put me here. I'd be very happy to get out of here. Go away from me. Lefkowitz says, I am not dealing with this. So, he picks up the phone. I want to talk to the owner. Owner gets on the phone. Get this guy out of my room. 
Okay, 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 Mr. Lefkowitz, we can't do it right now. We'll talk about it in the morning, you know, it's at night, right? She says, I'll talk about it in the morning, but I'm telling you right now, no negative energy, this guy cannot be in my room. Okay? He goes into his bed, he's trying to fall asleep, all of a sudden, towards the middle of the night, he hears Friedman crying. He gets into his wheelchair, he rolls over to Friedman's bed. Mr. Friedman! It's your friend, Lefkowitz! Why are you crying? Get away from me! None of your business! Leave me alone! Mr. Freeman, you're in my room. I need to know why you're crying. You really want to know why? Yeah. Come closer. He wheels up closer. Look at my face. He says, you're not exactly the best looking guy I've ever seen, but you're not bad enough to start crying. He goes, no, look closer. Look at my eyes. He says, I'm looking at your eyes. They're green eyes. What do you want? You fool! Can't you see I'm blind? I'm so sorry. I didn't, no one told me they, when they told me you're coming to my room. No what? You want me to get like special stuff in the room? You want me to move stuff for you? I don't want anything from you, Mr. Lefkowitz, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky Lefkowitz, who could see his children and his grandchildren and all the colors in the world. I don't need anything from you. I live in darkness. I lost my eyesight 15 years ago. Now get to your side of the room. I am so sorry, Mr. Freeman. I probably, no one told me. I can't even imagine. I don't need you to imagine nothing. Get to your side of the room. He goes to the side of the room. Lefkowitz is like, Oye, Oye, what do I do with this guy? He says, Lefkowitz. Lefkowitz says, Freeman, listen to me. I'm an artist. I don't care what you are. Leave me alone. No, look, listen to me. Tomorrow morning, just, just I'm asking you a favor. Tomorrow morning when the sun comes up, I'm going to sit by the window and I am going to describe everything that's going on outside. Don't worry, you might be blind, but I'm going to become your eyes. Yeah, I'm it up. Leave me alone. No, I will describe everything. Here's the deal. You let me do it tomorrow morning for a half an hour. If you don't like it, I will let you stay here for 30 days. I will not come to your side of the room. I will not call your name. I will not bother you. He says, you promise you won't bother me? I promise. Deal. Next morning, 5.15 in the morning, the sun's coming up. Brayman, time to wake up. Sunrise. Oh, this guy's a machine. And he starts to describe for that half an hour a sunrise. Unbelievable, his description. And he finishes. He said, no, Freeman, how was it? He says, it was miserable. Now leave me alone. Next day, Freeman tells Lefkowitz, you want, to do, you want to do sunrise maybe tomorrow again? And may, maybe we'll do sunset too. And slowly but surely, as it's written in the story, they become best friends. And every day, Lefkowitz would sit there, sunrise, sunset, the big dipper, the little dipper, the bus, the B12, the fire hydrant, the park, the kids, the lady with the yellow coat. Sounds like Curious George, whatever. But anyway... And he's describing all this stuff. And him and Friedman become inseparable. Everyone's talking about it. These two guys are inseparable. And after a year, he didn't throw them out after 30 days. These two, they were buddies. After a year, one night, Lefkowitz, uh, Friedman calls Lefkowitz over. He says, Lefkowitz, I got to talk to you. Hey, what's going on? He used to, actually, in the book, he calls him Lefko. He says, Lefko, I got I to talk to you. What's going on, Friedman? I have to tell you something. 
I see more now blind with you than I saw with my eyes open. I never saw a little dipper or a big dipper. I never saw a sunrise or a sunset. I never looked at kids in a park. I never appreciate trees and plants and blossoms and autumn and the trees turning colors. I want you to know how much I love you. I see more now blind through you than I saw when I had eyes and I could see. And left was like, ah, come on, stop schmoozing me up. Nothing. Two months later, Friedman wakes up and there's something very wrong. He feels it's very late. Where is Lefkowitz? He's like, Lefko! You overslept? What's happening? Nothing. Lefkowitz, where are you? Are you in the bathroom? Nothing. He starts to pull on the string for the nurse. The nurse comes running in. Nurse, where's my friend? Where's Lefko? Oh, Mr. Freeman, I am so sorry, but last night while you were sleeping, he had some chest pains. He didn't feel it. We took him to the hospital, and he passed away. What? What are you saying? He passed away. The funeral is today at 3 o'clock. Funeral? Hashem! You took my eyes away again? I want to get dressed. I want to be at that funeral. I must tell his children and his grandchildren what an unbelievable father and grandfather they had. I must be at the funeral. What time is it now? A minute to nine. A minute to nine. Please, nurse, do me a favor. In memory of my best friend in the world, at nine o'clock, the bead one shows up across the window, and there's this silly lady. She has a poodle, and she's always carrying this poodle, and she wears this ridiculous coat with big, big yellow buttons. And you know what, nurse? She wears it in the winter, in the summer, in the fall. There's something very wrong with that lady. Me and Lefka were talking about going down there once and talking to her. Could you just tell me if she's there today? And then it says, Mr. Freeman, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just go to the window, you'll see what I'm talking about. Mr. Freeman, your room is connected to another building. There's no window in this room. It's a true story. What? You're playing with a blind man? You think that's a joke? Take me to the window now! Mr. Friedman, there's no window. There's never been a window in this room. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Left with sunrise, sunset. The lady, what are you talking about? There has to be a window. I'm sorry. There's no window. There was no window. He sat there every day and used his imagination to create a bus, a kid, a balloon, a sunrise, and a sunset for a blind man and he went to the Leviah and he got up and this is what he said I had a friend his name was Lefkowitz let me tell you about him it's one thing to sit at a window and describe the world to a blind man what a chesed what a kindness to sit your whole day and someone who cannot see to describe to him everything in the world he says that would have made your grandfather amazing your grandfather had the same wall that I did he sat at a wall 
and he turned it into a window for me. That's a malach. That's not a human. That's an angel. It's chesed when you're doing well and your life is good and you help somebody else who's in darkness. But it's way above that. When you have your own wall and you have your own problems and you take someone else's wall and you turn it into a window for them even though you have a wall that's chesed should be chesed chesed is looking out a window when you're doing well and helping someone else chesed should be chesed is when you're not doing well and you have your own wall you turn that into someone else's window chesed should be chesed leads to malchus should a lot of people say I got my own stuff man I can't help anyone else chesed should be chesed is when you have your own stuff that you help other people how do I know this story it's written in a book and it was any story written in the book in that book chicken soup for the soul is checked ten times backwards and forwards with witnesses this happened it's written in their book in a nursing home in Alabama ladies and gentlemen we also have a wall that has no windows we go to Eretz Yisrael, we go to a Kaisal Maravi. It's got cracks. It's got pigeons. It's got branches growing out of it. It's got a lot of tears and a lot of letters. But it has no windows. And in Shirashirim, Shlomelech writes that there is a time when Hashem will watch us through the window, and there'll be a time when Hashem watches us through the cracks in the wall. He asks, what's the difference? You see, when you go to the bus and your mommy's standing by the window, she sees the little boy and he turns around and he's like, Hi, Ma. And they wave at each other. That's when, ladies and gentlemen, we had a base on Migdash. We don't have a base on Migdash anymore. So Tati's waving at us from behind the crack in the wall. The person who's behind the crack of the wall sees the child getting on the bus, but when the child turns around, all they see is a wall. So Amalek said there will be a time when Klai Yisrael, Hashem will watch us through the crack in a wall where there will be no windows. How do we get windows back into the Kaisal Maravi? How do we get the windows of the Beis Hamikdash back? When we take the walls of others and make them windows, then Mida Kenege Mida, Hashem will take our wall and make a window. Chesed Shibbechesed leads to the Beis Hamikdash. Chesed Shibbechesed leads to Malchus Shibbechamachus. When you go to a hospital and somebody is sick, they are behind the wall, to say the least. And you make that person happy. And you take that person's wall. Yeah, they're suffering, they're going through a hard time. And you're going through a hard time yourself too. And you go and you make that hospital stay into a window for that person. You give them recognition. Why are you coming to visit me? You have a whole family. Because you count. 
You're my daughter. You're my sister. You're one. I recognize you. You're in a hospital. I'm coming to help you. I'm bringing you a sandwich. You think they need your sandwich? You think they need your chocolate Danish? Then you only had the first look. They don't need the chocolate Danish. They can get that anyway. They need you. They need you. Because when you give someone recognition, when you, when you step out of your life, and you step into their life, even for a few minutes, to visit them, in their eyes, it's rus. It's, why am I much a of I promise you, if I ever get out of this hospital, I'm going to be special. That's what Bikr Cholom is. That's why you're here tonight. You have no idea what it means to a sick person when you walk into that room. It means that you care. It means that you give that person recognition. That's why you need to support this bigacholam not only with money, but with your person. You could be let's go. Everyone in this room has that koyach to be Mr. Lefkowitz. To take someone's wall and turn it into a window. So my bracha to everyone here. You're here. You came tonight. You came tonight to honor a great man who understood when he opened up this bikacholim. There are many people that have walls that need windows. You're here to honor him and you're here to honor bikacholim. If we all tonight make a decision in our head I'll give up an hour, I'll give up a day, I'll do something for Bikr Cholom. I'll visit them, I'll prepare something on Friday for them, whatever it is. You take on that little bit, that little window, and we can turn to our Kurdish Baruch Hu and say, Kurdish Baruch Hu, we made a window in the wall, now it's your turn to make a window in the wall. And when we reach Malchus Sheba Malchus, will be Zaycha to the ultimate to the ultimate recognition, Hikirani, the base Hamigdash, and Herobiyamino. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.